Well, good morning. As always, it's good to be here with you, and it's extra good to be able to spend time with you in God's Word. I love our reading from the Gospel of John, and we're going to be focusing in on that today, especially verse 14 of chapter 1. The Word became flesh and dwelt. He lived among us. As a result, we have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to spend time with you, time in your presence, time in your word. And Father, thank you for the love that you have for us, that you have sent Jesus, the word who became flesh, to come near to us, to seek and to save us, but also to teach us how to live. Thank you for inviting us to join with you, not to do for you, but to join with you on your mission where you are already at work. And so through the gift of your Holy Spirit, teach us more today what that means in our everyday life. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. We're continuing with our series, Joining Jesus on His Mission. And last week, as Pastor John shared the message We established that we are living in one of the greatest mission fields throughout the entire world. We, in the United States, we are a mission field, which means we are missionaries called by God. And that's what we were encouraged of last week in the start to this series, that Jesus is inviting us not to do for him, but to join with him in making a difference in the lives of others, which brings us to our focus today. It's that word, incarnational. And it comes from that word incarnate, which by definition means to take on flesh. It's what Bethany talked about in the children's message. It is the word. It is Jesus. It is God himself taking on flesh, becoming human, coming near to be with us. As some of you know, I love art, and so I've heard others speak of this, seeing God as the the great artist who stretches out the heavens, who creates, and then who steps into the canvas, who steps into his work. Others have talked about the incarnation as God being the author, capital A, the author, of the word, his word, and it's not just his story that he creates, that he authors, but he then steps onto the very pages of his story. Because of Jesus, his story is now our story, and he's inviting us to join with him in sharing this story, a story of salvation, a good news of Jesus to share it with others. The incarnation is all about, again, what we hear in John 1, verse 14. We heard it read. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, the actual word in the Greek is tabernacle. He tabernacled among us. He made his presence among us. He came to live with us. And as a result, we've seen. Jesus says throughout the Gospel of John, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know God, God the Father, full of grace and full of truth, this is what Jesus brings with him to make a reality in our lives through the incarnation. 
Now, I've shared with you before passages from the message. I always want to remind you the message is not a literal translation of the Bible. It is a paraphrase. But even so, at times, I think it helps us to understand what is being communicated, as in this case in John 1.14. In the message, it says, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about Jesus moving into your neighborhood? Jesus inviting us to join us on mission in your neighborhood? I want to talk about that word for a moment. And I want to share with you something that Greg Finke writes in his book, Joining Jesus on His Mission. Again, we've said you don't need these books as we're going through, but we encourage you. Uh, Greg Finke, author and pastor, LCMS pastor, will be here with us next Sunday. He'll be preaching at all three services, but he's also going to be here on Saturday. And Saturday morning, starting at 8.30 here at Maasai, he's going to be leading a presentation on what it means to join Jesus on his mission. Because he and his wife and his family, they are living this in their everyday places of life. And he's going to come and share with us to help us better understand what this looks like. But when it comes to our neighborhoods, this is what he says. The concept of neighborhood is very important for the missional lifestyle. So let's take a moment to define it. Neighborhood is all about the relationships or the potential relationships that we could have with just a little intentionality. For our purposes, a neighborhood is defined as any network of people to which we have regular access. And so, who is regularly within our reach? We may not know the people yet or know them well, but for a variety of reasons, these people are regularly within our vicinity. And so I want you just to think about for a moment who some of those people are. What are your neighborhoods? Yes, they are our literary uh, neighborhoods, but it's even more than that. It's our places of work. It's our schools. It's the leagues that we are a part of. Some of you may be a part of sports leagues, clubs, or other classes, community groups. The list goes on and on and on. It's within our everyday places. When Jesus invites us not to go do for him, but to go with him where he's already at work, he's not asking us to have to go and do something completely new in a different place. He's asking us to join with him in the everyday places where he is already at work. Now, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, to fully appreciate what Jesus' incarnation means for us, we have to ask the question, why? Why would the Word become flesh? Why would God, as the master artist, why would he step into his canvas? Why would God, as the great author of the scriptures, why would he step into the own pages of his own story? If you were listening to the children's message, then Bethany, she spoke to the why. As we confessed earlier, we are by nature sinful. We are sinners, and we are ourselves broken by sin. We live in a world that is broken by sin. 
God knows this. And so he wants to bring us back into relationship with him, but he knows that the, the only answer is for there to be a payment for that sin. Scripture speaks of it as a sacrifice, and not any sacrifice, an atoning sacrifice, the shedding of blood. And that sacrifice, for those who have committed sin, for it to be a perfect sacrifice, it needs to be made by one who has no sin. And so that leaves only one answer. The only option, as God knew, was for God's Son, His sinless Son, our Savior Jesus, for the Word to become flesh, for the author to step into His story, for God to Himself come near to us and to be that perfect sacrifice. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, says it this way, this is love, and not just love, it is real love, and it doesn't start with us loving God, it starts with God loving us and sending His Son the word who becomes flesh, to be that perfect sacrifice for you and me. And so he comes near to meet us where we are. He comes near to identify with our needs. That's what Bethany was sharing in the children's message. Jesus, who is 100% true God, becomes 100% true man, meaning he knows what it is to be human. He feels what we feel. He laughs as we laugh. He cries as we cry. He is tempted in the same way that we are tempted. He knows what it's like to face difficult situations, but he also, as true God, knows how to overcome. And that's what he does for you and me. You see, when Jesus came to earth, he brought with him the very truths of heaven. Again, in John 1.14, if you have your Bibles open, and the Word became flesh and dwelt, lived, tabernacled among us, He moved into our neighborhoods, and we have seen His glory. Glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of what? Full of grace and full of truth. That's what Jesus brings with Him, and not just to be experienced by us, but then to be lived, to be shared. Now, as you think about that truth, think of it in terms of what Stephen James says in his book story when he writes, when Christianity becomes something other than entering into and living out the story of God, it becomes something other than Christianity. Now, we can ask the Lutheran question, what does this mean? I think it means this. If we are a people who are not in God's word, again, we talk about a Messiah being a three-thirds church, all ages in God's word every day, not because we have to, but because we get to. If we're not a people in God's word, and if we're not living out God's word in the everyday places of life, then we're not living the life that Jesus, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Messiah, saved us for. Again, Jesus doesn't invite us, call us, ask us to do things for him, he invites us to come and to be with him, where he is already at work. And so Jesus invites us to join with him on his mission. Greg Finke, in his book, Joining Jesus on on Mission, he says, Jesus is up to something He's up to something redemptive. 
Last week, Pastor John asked the question, if, if Jesus was messing with you, and again, he explained messing not in the terms of being mean or malicious, but wanting to get our attention. As I thought about Jesus messing with us, I thought, you know, the, the greatest way that he messes with us is through the incarnation, when he actually comes to be with us in our mess. That's how Jesus messes with us. Jesus is up to something redemptive. His purpose is to redeem. His goal is full restoration. This is what Jesus does. It's what he has done in our life. It's what he's working in us, and it's, it's what he's inviting us to join with him to do in the lives of others. In the lives of those that are in our circles, in the lives of those that are in our neighborhoods, our places where we interact every single day. And so think of it this way. If God's central way of reaching his world was to incarnate himself in Jesus, then our way of reaching the world should likewise be incarnational. Let me say that again. If God's central way of reaching his world was to incarnate himself in Jesus then our way of reaching the world should likewise be incarnational. Again, you might be wondering, okay, but what does that look like? What does that look like in the everyday places of life? I could stand up here and I could just keep preaching to you and talking at you, or I can let you hear what this looks like from some of our members here at Messiah who've experienced it in a very real way. And they've experienced it because of two people that are actually in worship here today, and I don't think they have a clue that this video is going to be about them. Now you're all wondering, is it me? Let's watch. So we uh, moved into our neighborhood in 2017, and we originally found out about Messiah uh, kind of through a pie. So uh, our neighbors, Ken and Jane, uh, they live just to the north of us in our neighborhood, brought it over and introduced themselves. And you know, over time, we started to build a pretty good relationship, and you know, we're friends. And and then they invited us over to Bible study, and uh, so we started going to Bible study once a month with them. And uh, we just briefly talked about our religious backgrounds. I originally grew up Catholic and Michelle was kind of in the Methodist community. And, and uh, we talked, you know, we kind of used them really as a mentor in, in all reality. Um, because when we, when we got married, you know, we, we both kind of knew that we weren't gonna continue being Catholic. And so we tried to find the place that best fit us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so over time, you know, uh, just kept learning, I guess, from Ken and Jane on what uh, the Lutheran faith was about and uh, the ins and outs of it, I guess. And uh, COVID hit, and before COVID, we were going to different churches trying to figure out where home was. And, and then COVID hit and nobody was going to church. I mean, it was kind of one of those situations where you just had to watch it online or try to find the right spot, you know, and do your own thing until you could go back to worshiping together. And, and uh, 
One day I was outside, this was just after we had our son Briggs, and I was talking to Ken, because uh, we really wanted to get him baptized. So I asked Ken, uh, when we were doing yard work, if, if he believed in original sin, and you know, and we just got off on this really nice in-depth discussion about baptism, and you know, we really wanted to baptize Briggs, and, and uh, he you know, communicated through Messiah that we wanted to do that, and Messiah opened their doors to us and allowed us to baptize our son without us even being members. And I think that, that went a long way with, uh, with us, you know, just we felt welcomed, uh, even though we didn't belong, you know? So if, ultimately, if the Sipes hadn't brought us that welcome to the neighborhood pie, we probably wouldn't have found Messiah, felt at home here, still maybe be looking for our home church, and we would just be going down a totally different path. that not a great story? That's joining Jesus on his mission. That's Jesus not asking us to do something for him, but simply saying, hey, will you come with me? Well, I'm already at work in the lives of the people around you. And to know that it can start with something as simple as a pie. Who loves pie? People will ask me, what's your favorite kind of pie? And I'm like, pie. <laughs> God works through pies. In his book, Joining Jesus on His Mission, Greg Finke, and we'll bring it to a close here in just a second, but he says, open your eyes and just look around. Notice the people who are already there. We can be sure that Jesus is up to something redemptly in their lives. Some are resisting, it's true. Some are ignoring and some are oblivious. But don't miss this. Some are ready. And when they are ready, they don't need us telling them everything we know about Jesus all at once. If they are ready for a little hope or a little grace, they don't need us turning on our Jesus hose and spraying them down with everything we know about Jesus. They need us to offer them a cool cup of water of Jesus. Or maybe, maybe what they need is a pie. Just consider for a moment, again, I just want to touch on some of the things that Chris and Michelle spoke of as Ken and Jane just came alongside of them. They both talked about it started with the pie, if it wasn't for the pie, which led to them becoming friends. Then Bible study, but that wasn't what they led with. They just got to know each other. Stories were shared over time. The relationship continued to grow, and to the point one day... Chris feels confident enough, comfortable enough to ask Ken a question. And that question led to Ken to be able to share the reason for the hope that he has in Jesus. This is what it's about. The last quote I'll share with you today. Greg Finke writes, If we listen, they will tell us. 
They may not use the literal words, will you tell me about hope, but as they share their questions and worry and struggles, in essence, they are asking us that very question. And when they ask us such a question, they are ready for us to be a friend. Not a friend who is nervous and trying to remember the right answers, but a friend who is ready for a simple conversation. A conversation which may occur over weeks or even months. We don't have to have the pressure of wrapping everything up in one conversation. We'll see them again because they live in our quote-unquote neighborhood, meaning they are a part of our everyday places in life. Now, in the story that you saw, yes, it led to them becoming part of our family at Messiah. And it led to the baptism of their children. In these relationships that you have, it may lead to the same or not, and that is okay. But I can guarantee this. When you join Jesus on his mission, something good, something good will happen. For them for you, and for the kingdom of God. On your way out today, whether you're here by yourself or as a couple or as a family, we want each of you to take just a simple pie tin and a recipe, a real recipe with instructions for pie. Now I'm guessing many of you have your own favorite pies. That's great. And maybe, maybe pie's not your thing. Now I couldn't understand that, but Maybe it's not your thing. That's okay. We still want you to take this. The hope is that for some of you, you're going to actually make a pie, bake a pie, and share it with someone because it starts with a pie. But again, if pie's not your thing, that's okay. We still want you to take this, set it somewhere in your home, let it be a visual reminder for you to consider then what is my pie? Right? What is God inviting me? What is Jesus inviting me? Where is he inviting me to join with him? And again, something good will happen. Amen?